The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome. You've entered the realm of 1111 Talk Radio. Your host is Simran Singh. It's time to discover your own language with the universe. Learn to empower yourself, broaden your mind, open your heart, and discover who you are. Now, here's your host, Simran Singh. Welcome, and so excited to have you back with me this week. We have an exciting show planned, and before we get started, I just want to let you know that 1111 Magazine is available for free uh, for everyone. It is available in the current issue as well as all of the archived issues, so definitely visit 1111mag.com and access all of the amazing content that is in all of the 1111 Magazine issues. That is my gift to humanity uh, in a way to share some growth and inspiration that can touch you in and all of your senses in many, many ways. With that said, we're going to have an exciting conversation today, and it is in regard to our ego and the limiting aspect of that and how the infinite spiritual and material that is our birthright should be allowed to us, but we have to get to a place where our discriminating mind must master that ego and let our light shine, otherwise we do eclipse ourselves. There is an expert that we are speaking with today by the name of Don Mortesini, and he has written Princes and Ogres, Integration of the Psyche and Soul, and it really helps to go into this topic. Don was stripped of everything he held dear, the executive position, money, status, and most importantly, family. Don Mortesini realized life was over as he knew it as a stockbroker. As vice president of Dean Witter and Company, he learned the brutal truth of the old adage, there is no free lunch on Wall Street. Don had earned his success the hard way, long hours, hard work. He knew the challenges of holding a demanding job while parenting and partnering during good and bad times. The reward for his efforts was over. The good life had been cut too short. And we're going to hear about his story and what really evolved into this book, which is truly packed full of some wonderful information and a lot of of guidance into different things that you can also do and different philosophies and texts that you can also connect to. So without further ado... I'd like to welcome Don Mortesini to 1111 Talk Radio. Hi, Simran. It's great to be on radio with you. Thank you so much for the very kind introduction. Oh, absolutely. I did enjoy the book thoroughly, and I would love for people to hear a little bit about your story uh, before we get into it uh, so that they can kind of understand where you're coming from and, and why you wrote this book. Well, the, the story is, you know, I had... Um, uh, been raised by family that went through the Great Depression. And when I was young, I said, I don't want to ever be poor. And so uh, when I got out of school, I, I went to Wall Street. I became a stockbroker, vice president of an investment banking firm. And uh, along about midlife, I was making, this was years ago, I was making several hundred thousand dollars a year. And one evening, this voice came through me and said, is this all there is? Is this all there is? And a chill went down my spine. And I remember 
to this day. And my life changed, I would say, within uh, 90 days of the time I heard that voice. Is this all there is? I left a promising career. This was over 20 years ago. I was making several hundred thousand dollars a year. I left, and I moved to the beach in Santa Cruz and just just put one foot in front of the other. And, that's, and that was the beginning of a new venture for me. Well, and that is, you know, a lot of people find themselves in that place where they're asking that question of why am I here and is this what life is all about and is this really it? But then the courage to say, okay, I'm going to walk away from everything and, and, and follow this path that I don't really even know where it's going to lead at this point. What, had the pain gotten to that point? Was the voice so strong? What really got you to the place to say, I'm willing to walk away from everything? Well, the thing is this. <clears throat> We think we make these choices, Simran, but we don't. Our soul makes them for us. And we hit a certain point in our individual growth or personal evolution or spiritual evolution moving into the sacred at some point. And this was so for me. My soul said, it's time. And I had that chill and that anxiety, and I couldn't shake it. And it took me out of the business to explore, you know, the questions mankind had always asked. What is the meaning of life? What is my purpose? Is there anything more? And the answers I had, you know, I was Catholic, and, uh, and the, the ritual uh, were just not wide enough to, to assuage that, that voice inside me. And I knew, I knew deeply and intuitively, I knew deeply but I needed to set out and discover this for myself. I had a knowing that come up and said, I need to follow this. So in a sense, it's like my soul kind of lifted. First of all, it scared the heck out of me, and then it kind of lifted me up and gave me uh, enough support so that I was able to set out and do this. And I think that's how I'd like to respond to your question. Now, you entitled the book Princes and Ogres, mm-hmm. and I want people to understand, number one, why you titled it this and what the correlation is to, uh, in the human perspective. Well, the thing, the thing is this. Um, the mind is divided into basically three parts, our primitive instinctual part of the mind, which houses the ego and protects us from harm. So if a truck's coming down on you, you jump out of the way. It also does simplistic thinking and country change its safe way. It takes care of you in many ways. There's a lot of automatic things, okay? That's the lowest part of the mind, the ego. And then we have the intellect, okay, in which, you know, we can send a man to the moon. We can create all these uh, cyberspace tools uh, and so forth. And the background on that is a consciousness, our consciousness. And the call of everyone, uh, whether they realize it or not, is to move out of ego mind, move into intellect, and begin to access that consciousness. Uh, Now, I talk about ego as the ogre, because the ego can stop us from moving into that consciousness and keep us small. And if you doubt this, take a look at what's happening in the world today. Look at Penn State and the boys that were terribly, terribly abused Look at Trayton, who was killed by this man, Stand Your Ground. And you see that these men's intellect were in service of their ego. And the ego was covering prejudice and judgment and hate and so many things. 
and look at Wall Street. Look what happened. Look at the trouble recession we went into in the last two years, where one was took went into a worldwide depression. Houses were being sold to people who couldn't pay for them. They were bundling these assets and selling them. The banks were selling to their own patients, and they were shorting them. They were ripping the patients off. There was no consciousness there at all. This was the self-serving ego seeking to benefit itself, standing on the head of other people. So I say, yeah, the ego can get uh, demonic almost, but for most of us, it just kind of stays much smaller and limits us. And so we need to know what's under the cover of our ego so as we can begin to explore it and let go the darkness that is down there. We live in the higher part of our mind, our intellect, and we develop our consciousness so that we can expand spiritually and go into the inner sanctum. So that's why I depict the ego as the ogre. And in, in writing this book and, and in your life, you've done some traveling. And this is a question that I often ask people, is it really necessary, because you travel to the Himalayas and to India to seek truth, and, and then you also move to the beach, is it necessary for someone to pick up and go, to really is, transcend to a different level? The thing is, I could have done it all in my living room, but that was not my path. I didn't choose my path, and your listeners and all of them are developing their awareness and their consciousness, did not really consciously choose that path. It's chosen for them, in a sense, okay? And so I traveled, uh, and I sought answers, and I, as you know, I studied, practiced Buddhism. I studied with many teachers, many esoteric teachers, practiced shamanism, and then I went to India, met my teacher, Sri Anandama, an enlightened guru, trekked through India with her. But I didn't know at the time, now this was, you know, 15, 18 years ago, that I was laying the seeds that would ultimately become a book that ultimately could be shared with anybody who was ready to read it. Unbeknownst to me, I was doing this and collecting information that I would ultimately use 10, 12, 15 years in the future. But we can and, do this in our own living room. Each of us has our own path and our own calling. And isn't that what our, our life and our journey is really about? It is to live those experiences and then acquire the wisdom from those experiences and then be able to share them with so many others that literally could be going through those same types of trials and ordeals. It is absolutely critical because there has to be a greater awakening of consciousness on our planet. Our planet is being torn. We've been in war for 13 years. We invaded a country under false pretenses. Uh, there's serious problems in Syria under Assad. Uh, the Israelis may <clears throat> attack Iraq. We, we have a, a world that's bursting at the seams because for the last 50 years we've had become so materialistic and we've lost touch with spirit, with consciousness. So it is absolutely vital that would begin to move into our conscious awareness, delve into the inner sanctum, touch into, begin to do the spiritual practices we need to touch into the soul so we can bring those qualities up through us and, and, and allow the planet to benefit from them. 
Don Mortesini teaches that trials notwithstanding, you create your responses to them. Therefore, you create your joy and your suffering, believing that if your life's not working, your ego is in charge. He helps his patients deal with such issues as job loss, death of spouse, kids on drugs, phobias, addictions, and general life trials. In addition, he has written a book entitled Princes and Ogres, Integration of Psyche and Soul. He's a clinical psychotherapist in San Jose, California, and has an extensive background of both psychology and Eastern thought. He's helped many families by combining the Western and Eastern psychology with modern medicine. In addition, he has written Wild Child, How to Help Your Child with ADD and Other Behavioral Issues. Uh, you can connect more with Don Mortesini at donmortesini.com. That's D-O-N-M-O-R-D-A-S-I-N-I.com. We'll be right back with Don Mortesini. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be Extraordinary. Be the change. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest today is Don Mortesini, and he is the author of a wonderful book entitled Princes and Ogres, Integration of Psyche and Soul. Princes and Ogres takes its title from the story of a prince who encounters an ogre who stands between him and what is rightfully his, the kingdom of good. The story is a metaphor for our struggle to claim the riches of our inner kingdom, our soul. The ogre is a metaphor for our ego, that we need to master to find personal fulfillment and reclaim our spiritual heritage. Through more than 50 wisdom stories and personal vignettes, Princes and Ogres illuminates how our ogres can be mastered to help us become conscious parents, conscious lovers, and conscious workers, and live in harmony. Blending psychological insights and spiritual wisdom, it is told through the eyes of ancient heroes and heroines who understood the struggles of life. Don, what I like about this is that it is, it is storytelling. And in my mind, that is where real wisdom has come through the ages. That is the, the meat of what has been able to transcend through time. Do you feel like 
storytelling is an art that we are losing, or do you feel like it is something that we can revive and really continue to pull forward the past rich stories that have lived? Well, the thing is, there is great, great wisdom in many of the stories. And if you noticed in my book, some of the stories go back beyond antiquity. They were told by roaming sages and wise men to people who were illiterate. And so the stories were particularly interesting and difficult to forget. That way, the teachers could pull out the kernel of wisdom they wanted to impart to the villagers. And as the villagers remembered that story, then they could apply the principle to their lives. My teacher in India teaches that way. And I thought, I want to write, and I want to revive some of these stories that that are two, three, four thousand years old because they're so witty. And then show the wisdom in there and then show through people I've worked with and myself how it can be applied to improve our lives. I didn't want that I didn't want that wisdom lost. Well, and so often it's easier to hang on to those pearls of truth that come through because we have something that we connect to like a story. It's, it's almost as if our heart is more easily able to connect to something like that than even our mind can remember, just at a, at a memory level. Well, the thing is, uh, 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 do we have time uh, for me to share a brief story so you can get an understanding? Yes, um, please do. There is a... Now uh, <clears throat> uh, I want to pick a story that I think would be particularly interesting, but there's in the middle of my book, there's a story about Indra, who was a demigod of the earth, a good, a good god. Okay, now this is, uh, comes from the Rig Veda, 3,000 years old, and it was in the Sura. He was sort of a nasty guy, okay? So the two of them decide to find out what is the meaning of life. So they go to Barspati, who is the guru of the gods. Say, Barspati, what is the soul? What is the self? And the guru of the gods says, I want you to learn for yourself. Go and gaze in the pond, and your answer will come to you. So Indra and the Asura both go and gaze in the pond, and the Asura just looks at himself and says, I'm body, I'm you know, mind, I'm this. Oh, I guess that uh, my body is God. I will pleasure my body. And then Asuras, of course, were the devils that sort of attempted us. Indra, on the other hand, came back puzzled and said, how can that which changes appearance, how can that which which ages, how, how can that which is impermanent be permanence itself? So he goes back to Burspati and says, how is that possible? And of course, the Guru of the God says, I want you to do some spiritual practices. And you'll know when you're ready. Go back and look at the pond again. So he goes off in the woods for six months and does these austerities. When he returns to the pond, he looks in the pond and he sees the same reflection, and then it hits him. Oh, my God, I am not the body. I am that which observes. I am the witnessing consciousness of my body changing. I am the eternal witness. I am the eternal consciousness that observes this, that observes all. And so that story is in the book. And the reason I bring it up at this time is because we need to go to witness consciousness. We need to go to the highest level of awareness where we can actually see ourselves do this, that, and the other thing, but be detached from it. Because that consciousness that Indra saw, or that consciousness that I have or you have, when your mind is silent and just observing, 
is part of the continuing consciousness from the beginning of the time infinitely. And that story I use to bring out the need for us to go into witness consciousness where we can actually witness the pull of our ego and say no to it because it wants us to do something that isn't appropriate. Um, and there are so many lessons that I can draw out of that one story. And, and it's, I think it's just so beautiful because the Asura is tempting us in our body, let's do this, let's do that, let's cheat this person here, let's stand on that person's head, let's, you know, whatever. And the witness consciousness witnessing and saying, no, 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 no. I am consciousness. And, and I am eternal. And I am these two people. I am, I am these two parts. And so that's an example of a story that can be very meaningful to people. And um, I just, I just uh, read it almost word for word out of the book. And, and I agree with that because I think when we're reading these types of stories, it's not just that we're reading a story and reading about other people. It's, it's about also looking at those stories as a reflection of, of yourself being in the story and what are you taking out of it and how is that teaching you something and what are you witnessing from it because it really is a representation of who we are. We are experience, experiencing itself and we are here to to view everything as it is, but also view our participation in it. And I think you get a lot of that from this story and many of the stories in the book. Well, thank you very much, Simran. No, you're absolutely right on. Each story has a particular message that is important. And depending upon where a person is, as you said, there are many, many stories in there. Uh, I've had people come back and say, oh, I like this story and that story and this story. I haven't had anybody come back and say, I like the same two or three stories because we're at different places on our path the stories speak to them where they're at, and then they like that, remember it, and then work on that aspect of themselves. And the whole thing is that we are evoluting. We are evolving spiritually. And, and so what can help a person in their own personal growth may not mean anything to, to their neighbor. And so I've got a potpourri of stories in there, all of which can allow a person to move deeper into the sacred, depending upon where they're at, what speaks to them. Why do you think it's important, especially now with everything coming to more oneness or people starting to blend, you know, different types of Eastern and Western philosophies, why is it so important to integrate that Western psychology with the Eastern wisdom? Uh Oh, that is a very important question. First of all, the ego was laid down when you're two, three, four, five, six, seven years old, which means that the mind impressions you had a life is how you began to build your own sense of the world. And now you're very young, you're very scared, depending upon your environment. You're making, you're taking information, running it through a very simplistic mind that's only capable of black and white thinking uh, that is, that is self-preservative, that doesn't think about others, that wants all its own toys, won't share. You're building a sense of self during this period of time. And what happens is that as the ego is completed, we need the ego now, as I say, to help us in many ways. But what happens is that it protects us from a lot of vulnerabilities we felt as a youngster. So what's under, what is, what. The ego holds in the dark corner of feelings of 
of maybe uh, feelings of inadequacy, feelings of being alone, feelings of helplessness, feelings of being trapped, feelings of annihilation, feelings of, oh, my God, this, this problem, this is no exit situation. Those are all thought impressions that have got nothing to do with the reality that at the base of our being, we are a wave in the ocean of God and have infinite potential to solve anything and, and to call forth the attributes of our soul or self. But it has to come up through the ego. So by working on the ego and going into our fears and our limitations, our feelings of being trapped, and facing them, we're facing thoughts that were laid down in our very young formative years with a very, very primitive mind. The problem is that they are connected, or in psychology we say confected, with very strong emotions. So strong emotions come through us. We may be in a, in a relationship that's abusive. And I can't leave. I can't leave. I don't want to be alone. And those are thoughts that come up through. We need to stand into those fears and find that they are bogus fears, that we're not to be abused or we're not to be ridiculous or we will be okay alone, uh, that we need to care for ourselves so we can care for the deeper levels of our own being. And to do that, we need to delve into the ego, delve into the ogre, and that's why I call the ogre sort of a wily, pull-the-wool-over-your-eyes kind of a character, unless it gets demonic, as we talked about in an earlier segment. So there is a, a yoga, a spiritual practice called jhana, J-N-A-N-A, jhana yoga, where it's called the yoga of knowledge. And this is what we're talking, the yoga of knowledge, where you go into the ego and look into the corners and look at the fears and say, my God, these things were laid down and they're just impressions that had nothing to do with the reality I created for myself. And break through those. As we break through those, the light from our soul is less clouded and shines up through us. Um, and I get very excited about this. But I feel it's an important work that all of us need to do. It affects us in relationship, it affects us on the job, and it affects how we hold and appreciate ourselves and how we move through life. Absolutely. Jhana Yoga is, um, is definitely one of those practices that really does allow the mind to be discriminating, and it is the yoga of knowledge, the path of knowledge, which is also a pathway to the divine. It, it should be apparent that Jhana Yoga... Yogi who sees his brother as divine also loves him, or that karma yogi has bhakti for other people that she helps. The paths do interweave, and there are a number of different yoga paths that are listed in the book as well as some other information from sacred texts such as the I Ching. My guest today is Don Mortesini, and he has written Princes and Ogres, an Integration of Psyche and Soul. It is a wonderful collection of stories that you can truly draw uh, great wisdom from, and you can allow yourself to be illuminated by understanding the many psychological insights and spiritual wisdom that comes through these stories as it's told through the eyes of ancient heroes and heroines who truly understood the struggles of life. You can connect with Don Mortesini at his website, donmortesini.com. That's D-O-N-M-O-R-D-A-S-I-N-I.com. We'll be right back with Don Mortesini. Visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 
11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. The 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest today is Don Mortesini. He has written a book entitled Princes and Ogres, Integration of Psyche and Soul. He's a clinical psychotherapist and has had extensive background in both psychology and Eastern thought. His book... It takes its title from the story of a prince who encounters an ogre who stands between him and what is rightfully his. And this is a metaphor for our struggle to claim the riches of our inner kingdom, our soul. And it is that we are allowed to master and find personal fulfillment and reclaim our spiritual heritage. The eye of the beholder sees the world. Some would say it's actually created by our perception of it. When different people look at an elephant, overweight people see its size. People with big noses or ears see those features. The elephant exists independent of our perception, but our subjective orientation determines what we perceive or do not notice. This is just a little piece of what Princes and Ogres is about, and that's such a big part of the human experience, Don, is our perception of things and what we focus on and how that truly influences what we create in our lives and the conditions and circumstances that we encounter. Talk a little bit about that. Well, people, you know, we don't stop thinking about it. Each of us lives in our own world of our own creation, our own own universe. Let's say a man walks in the room speaking loudly and three people are there. One person says, oh, I don't like men. Another person says, that man sounds very confident. Another person says, oh, I love that loud voice. There's one man, one voice, in our personal universe, personal world, that has a totally different meaning to each of us. Okay? And this is what I'm talking about. Now, fortunately, we have consensus reality, so we can agree that you and I are on a show, uh, that we get hurt if we get stepped in front of a car. There's great consensus, but each of us lives in a unique world of our own creation that was developed when we were quite young, and this is what I was talking about. Uh, that particular story, the elephant story, uh, was, uh, was told by this, by this man who was pretty simplistic. He was studying with his guru, and his guru kept saying, God is everywhere, God is everywhere, God is everything. And that is so. God is imminent in the creation. You and I know that God is imminent in a blade of grass, in, 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 a, in a flower, fully imminent in us, 
we know this through the latest physics, uh, through the latest in subatomic physics, that everything is permeated with, with this essence. Um, and so, the, so one day, this, this, um, this eager student of uh, a great guru is walking across the street, and an elephant is coming, bearing down on him, and every screaming on the side, get out of the way, get out of the way, get out of the way, this elephant's going to stomp on you. And he turns around and says, I'm not afraid. And, of course, the elephant, and, and his guru is there, he says, get out of the way, and the elephant stomps on him. And he's dragged aside half dead, and his guru says, what are you doing? Are you crazy? And he said, no, God is imminent in everything. I, God was imminent in the, in the elephant. And the guru said, you need to use your intellect and your judgment. God was also in all the bystanders and in me telling you to get out of the telling way. Telling you to get out of the way. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So anyway, that's, I, that's where that story came from. I, I, but it, it's a, it, it gives you an idea of the catchiness of the stories that we have to, we have to use our intellect. We have to balance, use our intellect to make appropriate decisions. There is the world of spirit. See, we're 100%, uh, we're, what you and I are 100% totally natural and physical beings. And you and I and the audience are totally 100%, 100% spiritual beings. And it's that spirituality we need to reach into and, and bring to surface consciousness and enjoy the, the, the love and the oneness and the harmony and everything that it contains. But we need to nurture that, and that's what's been lost. I, I like to just take a second. In, in my last chapter, I had uh, this quote I came across. This was given by a Plains Indian. His name was Ochiwebiano. He said, We are people who live on the roof of the world. We are sons of the Son, who is our Father. We help Him daily rise and cross over the sky. We do this not only for ourselves, but for the Americans also. Therefore, they should not interfere with our beliefs. But if they do so and hinder us, then they will see in ten years that the sun will rise no more. What Ochiwe was saying was, we are connected to the earth, the leaders, their consciousness was part of the consciousness of the all. They understood that life was a great weaving, and you touch a little weave here, and a weave 3,000 miles away moves. Everything was interconnected, and they, were, and they spoke in a sacred way of the earth. They gave thanks for everything, the bountifulness of the earth, and they looked to the clouds, the grandfathers, for wisdom to stay connected at a conscious level <clears throat> with the supreme consciousness. And what happened? We came along, white men came along, put reservations, took their gods away, and Ochoa was right. Within 10 years of him uttering those words in 1930 to Carl Jung, we were in the Second World War. I don't know how many lives were lost. We went to Vietnam. There are two or three million lives lost. And all these serious things, because we, we began to lose contact with our soul. We began to lose contact with our spirituality. And I, I read that because it's so important that we begin to seek that 100% of ourself that is totally spiritual and begin to nurture that. And we can only do it. We can only do it when our mind is silent. 
Otherwise, we're in thinking mind. And so we need to quiet our mind through meditation, through maybe just witnessing, through whatever means we can to begin to step into that deeper and deeper because it is a vibration. And the vibration in the planet is causing incredible stresses. And the more we do our individual work, the more we go into our own consciousness and nurture this, the deeper we touch into our soul and realize the quality of the soul, that goes out everywhere. And Ochiwe understood that. And what he said in the 1930s to Carl Jung is more important now than ever because of some of what we talked about in an earlier segment, what's happening in the world, and the need for a peaceful, loving, nurturing, accepting energy to be experienced, not even necessarily consciously, but that do its work at the subconscious level on the people that hold, that move the levers, the big levers in our world today. One of my favorite lines uh, was in that particular section, and it was that in our ego indulgence, we are spiritual primitives. And, and then there's an italicized portion that they taught us that man cannot be apart from his soul. They knew that outer man and spiritual man must dance together to survive. And that's really where we are in our world right now is that spiritual uh, part of us, which is all of us and everything, needs to learn how to dance with that oversized, overgrown ego that has em- emerged and, and kind of allow it to be tempered so that we can take back and, and recreate the light that originally was. Well, it's the integration. Exactly. It's ex- exactly that. We have to live. We have to provide. We raise our children. We take them to school. We need to do all these things. We need to stay in the right traffic uh, lane. All these things are important. Uh, and we have our basic needs for food and clothing. And those are all legitimate needs. But we also, we also have to integrate our spirituality into that. And the more we do our spiritual practices, more that permeates our daily lives so that our material lives are enriching. And so that's why I talk about integrating this. So many people uh, today are unaware of their spiritual nature, uh, and they're governed by their ego that we're having... Uh, and, and the self-centeredness and, and the job hunt, I'm going to do this about to this person here so I can step ahead of them and all this kind of thing, this competitiveness, it's, it's, it's run rampant and, and it causes stresses on the planet. And therefore, we really need to integrate, to go to quiet mind, meditation mind, go into witness consciousness, do charity, do these things that take us deeper into ourselves so that we can't integrate both our, our natural needs, our natural requirements with our spiritual nature. Uh, we're, I believe that my theory is that we, are, we incarnated here for three reasons. One, to procreate, obviously. Secondly, because each of us is unique and different in some way or form, we need to find that uniqueness that is us and nurture it and bring it to its fullness and then bring it to the world. So the world has this great diversity of people who are centered deeply within the talent and gifts of themselves. And then thirdly, the third reason that we are here is to realize that basically uh, we are God beings at the deepest level, at the substratum of our consciousness, and to continue to work to deepen that until we actually experience fully 
the qualities of our soul. And I believe that's the reason we're on the planet. And, and I would agree with you. And I think in that expression that we each are of the divine, that we are literally a cell in the giant body that, that makes up the divine. And, and our action as that cell, be it right action or misaligned action, will either be the light and the growing seed of that body or it will be the disease of that body. But, you know, I like the cell so much. I like that word cell so much because basically the cell <clears throat> is part of the is a part of the body. So it's called the source, the body, because our cells, the cells, the body, call the source, the sun, and we're a ray, cause the source, the ocean, and we're the wave. But the thing is that cell that you mentioned has all the qualities of the supreme body. The wave has all the qualities of the supreme ocean. The microcosm has all the supreme qualities of the macrocosm. And this is, and as you delve deeper into the spiritual side, you begin to feel a, a, a caring for yourself, a love for yourself, and then a softness, a gentleness for others. Uh, you experience a connectedness that, that we are alike. You, there are so many things that begin to drift up and so many insights you receive that as you go deeper into this, you realize my God, these qualities are there, and the more I bury into them, the more I dig, the more close I'm going to get to that state of unconditional love, love without condition, love without judgments, acceptance without judgments. And can you imagine what would happen if our planet, instead of heading in the direction it is now, began to delve into the soul and experience those qualities? The word wouldn't have to be said because it would change the dynamic of the world. There's a brief story I want to, I want to share, and it's not in the book. <clears throat> Let, me have you the share of... that. Let me have you share that, Don, after this commercial okay. break. We've got to take a quick break. Please. We are <clears throat> the people who live on the roof of the world. We are sons of the sun, who is our father. We help him daily rise and cross over the sky. We do this not only for ourselves, but for the Americans also. Therefore, they should not interfere with our beliefs. But if they do so and hinder us, and they will see in 10 years that the sun will rise no more. This was Ochiwe Biano, and he spoke that to Carl Jung. This is in the book Princes and Ogres, Integration of Psyche and Soul by Don Mortesini. You can connect with him at donmortesini.com. We'll be right back. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today, www.1111mag.com. 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset. 
Discovering the Heart and Stepping into Conscious Living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. listening to 1111 Talk Radio. If you'd like to join today's discussion, please call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5795. Again, 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to info at believesc.com. Now back to 1111 Talk Radio with Simran Singh. My guest today is Don Mortesini, and he is the author of Princes and Ogres, Integration of Psyche and Soul. The focus of this book is really to help you, to help you realize your fullest potential. You contain within yourself the seeds of ultimate fulfillment, peace, love, harmony, charity, personal fulfillment, and the flowering of the shining self are buried within you. Your life is very precious and a special experience, and through the many stories and 50 wisdom stories and personal vignettes within Princes and Ogres, you can illuminate how how your ogre can be mastered to help you become conscious parents, conscious lovers, and conscious workers living in harmony. Blending psychological insights and spiritual wisdom, it is told through the eyes of ancient heroes and heroines who understood the struggles of life. You can find out more about Don Mortesini at donmortesini.com, where you can also access the book, Princes and Ogres, Integration of Psyche and Soul. Don, when we left the last segment, you were about to tell us a quick story, and I'd love for you to go ahead and uh, share that with us. Yeah, uh, now, Simran, what story was I about to share with you? <laughs> I mentioned it to you. I'm, I'm not really sure which one it was because you didn't start it and I cut you off, so okay. we'll go on to okay. something else. <laughs> okay, no, no, that's okay. Um, there's a story of a holy man who's bathing, and uh, he's taking his ritual bath. And he gets out of the water, and somebody, a man comes up and spits on him. And he goes back and bathes. Comes out again, the man spits on him. Goes back and bathes. Comes out of the water, the man spits on him. This goes on a hundred times. So finally, the holy man says to the person spitting on him, Why are you doing this, son? And the man falls at his feet and says, Please forgive me, please forgive me, O sage. I'm so sorry. There's a man in town who didn't like you and told me to spit on you because he didn't like you. And the holy man said, Why don't you tell me that, my dear son, after the first spitting? And I would have pretended to be angry so you wouldn't have to spit 99 more times. <laughs> <laughs> the message there was that what people may, we may think people may be doing to us, he made me angry, she made me angry, she wouldn't do this, I gave her that, I didn't get this back. This is all ego stuff. The holy man understood that he lived in his own world and he was right with himself. And that other people did had nothing to do with him. He was self-contained because he was in touch with himself. He led from his heart, and he was very spiritual. So he knew that whatever happened out there in life to him, 
had nothing to do with him. Life occurs, and sometimes we get spit on. But it wasn't a personal thing. And I like to tell that story because these days everybody is so sensitive. We have to watch the words we say, and so many people take uh, umbrage and take hurt at things that happen. And really, it's just the ego that is saying, look at that, I've got to get back. That's terrible. I've got to, I've got to tag back. Oh, that's terrible. I've got to run away. And what I'm saying, this man was egoless and understood that what happened to him had to happen maybe in the course of time, but there's nothing personal about it. And I like that because it, it, it allows us again to go into the labyrinth of our ego with its uh, feelings and, and um, all the rest that's down there. Uh, it's not good enough stuff or it's I'm too good stuff or how could they do that to me stuff and then react. And this creates then a reaction in life itself. So anyway, I thought I'd just share that story because it, it seemed appropriate at this time. Well, and I think that was a great story to share because my uh, my question, my la- one of my final questions was uh, that you do refer to a lot of ancient texts such as the I Ching and the Upanishads and other things throughout the book and many of the stories. And how can they really help us in these modern times? And what are how how can we draw things from those that we necessarily can't draw from today? Well, the thing is, if you take a look at the I Ching, <clears throat> or you take a look at the Bhagavad Gita. Or you take a look at some of the ancient Indian and Buddhist sutras, <clears throat> or, the, or you take a look at the Bible, and they were written over centuries and contained the wisdom of ages. And so today we have great books, great self-help books, great spiritual books. Uh, uh, I like to think mine was one of, of that's a great many out there. But these, these ancient texts and stories, they're epic in proportion. And built over a period of time, they have a breadth of understanding and wisdom that we, we don't have today. And so I decided, because so, many, so much of that wisdom was lost, to use those stories instead of contemporary stories, to kind of refresh in them and to just modernize. I didn't modernize them, but to show how modern they can be because we are human beings and we haven't changed that much in the last 30,000 years. And the principles that pertain to our well-being years and years ago, eons ago, pertain to us today. I just wanted to refresh them. And we don't have that wisdom uh, of something that was started 200 years ago and it's just being completed today. So that's why I chose those texts uh, rather than other sources, Simran. Well, and I think it's it's really evident when you look at a lot of self-help books, they are the same messages. It is, it is information that has been um, kind of reworded or represented in a different way for modern times, but the true crux of all of that, that richness that's even in the self-help books of today stems back to the really rich, beautiful texts, the sacred texts that we've had in our history. I want to thank you, Don, for being on 1111 Talk Radio and very much applaud your work in the world. I urge my listeners to go to donmortesini.com, get your copy of Princes and Ogres, and allow yourself from them the deep wisdoms and teachings that can come from them. And these are stories that you're going to read over and over again and probably draw something out differently each and every time because it will, they will suit, uh, definitely enliven and enlighten your consciousness 
and allow you to see different aspects of yourself in different ways as you take in that information. Don Mordesini is a clinical psychotherapist in California, and he has had extensive background in psychology and Eastern thought. He has uh, also written uh, another book, which is entitled... Wild Child. Wild Child, How to Help Your Child with ADD and Other Behavioral Issues. And this book is entitled Princes and Ogres, Integration of Psyche and Soul. Again, the website is donmordesini.com. That's D-O-N-M-O-R-D-A-S-I-N-I.com. We will have Nick Ortner on again next week uh, on The Tapping Solution. And following that will be Eric Maisel on Rethinking Depression. Thank you so much, Don, for being on 1111 Talk Radio. I'm Simran Singh. Be well. Thank you. Thank you for stepping into the doorway of conscious choice with 1111 Talk Radio. Please join host Simran Singh again next Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time for another enlightening edition here on the 7th Wave Network. Remember, shift happens. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Have you seen 1111? Do you wonder why certain numbers keep showing up in your life? 11, 111, 22, 33, 444. People all over the world are seeing 1111 and learning the language of universal communication. Subscribe to 1111 Magazine today. www.1111mag.com 1111 Magazine is a bi-monthly print publication that offers a rich, multi-sensory experience. As you engage with experts and topics of consciousness, become enlightened, empowered, and energized so you live a passionate and authentic life of conscious choices. 1111 Magazine, a daily staple for lifting the mindset, discovering the heart, and stepping into conscious living. 1111 Magazine. Order now at www.1111mag.com. 1111mag.com.